Let's take a look through a somewhat smoky crystal ball at the future of retail. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is a Supply Chain Brain podcast. PR firm of Walker Sands is back with another report on the future of retail. Walker Sands focuses on digital technology and its impact on consumers and industry. As with previous reports, the latest version zeroes in on some of the most innovative applications and strategies for dazzling the omnichannel shopper and cementing brand loyalty. Chief among the topics of discussion, of course, is the relentless march of Amazon.com toward retail dominance, not just for online orders, but traditional brick and mortar as well. Today, I'm speaking with two Rocker Sands experts, Aaron Jordan, account director and lead of the retail technology practice, and Rachel Goulden, senior account executive. We'll cover the high points of the latest report with a look at developing technologies such as virtual and augmented reality, mobile payments, the Internet of Things, and Amazon's new Outfit Compare tool. The idea is to bring the entire store into your home and yet still bring you to the store. It's the age of the connected consumer. So here is my conversation with Aaron Jordan and Rachel Golden. Aaron Jordan, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And Rachel Golden, welcome as well. Hey, thanks so much, Bob. Aaron, let me start with you. Walker Sands has come up with the 2017 edition of its Future of Retail study. Tell me, please, what is the biggest theme or takeaway to emerge from the 2017 study? Yeah, absolutely. So this year's study, we focus a lot on the connected consumer. So we've been doing this study really for fourth year now, and a lot has changed in just the past five years that we've been doing this research. So this year's study really breaks down based on the connected consumer, how consumers are changing with things like beyond smartphone penetration, but even moving into connected devices, smart homes, and things like that. But with that, how that's taken commerce a step further and commerce has really changed moving towards an era where it's almost always on and then furthering that to the third section is really about the changing customer experience so how all of the connected devices and connected consumer mindset really plays into the future of what commerce has and will become the connected consumer all with the idea of reinventing retail um Rachel, I'm wondering if you could tell me what is your definition based on the study of the connected consumer and what does it mean to us as consumers going forward in the retail world? That's a really good question. For us, the connected consumer is really one where there is no difference between the online and in-store experience. So those lines between in-store shopping and online shopping are blurring pretty significantly. So we're seeing that with smartphone use in the store, retailers are 
offering more digital offerings within the stores, beacons and digital kiosks and things like that to really give consumers the technology they need to make the decisions they want exactly where they are and when they want. So that's what we're really seeing from the in-store experience. And then online, we're seeing consumers want to be able to shop wherever and whenever they want. Mobile is becoming more and more important. And that's really transforming the offerings that retailers are providing from a technology standpoint. Looking down the line at the future, do you think the goal is to eliminate the physical store completely or to provide an augmented companion to the physical store in the form of online commerce? Aaron, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a great question. And we do go into a little bit in our report. But I, I mean, I think the idea is that it's not necessarily going to go away because I think that right now there's so much that's happening, like Rachel mentioned, bringing the two together. And so I think while there has been a really significant focus in the past several years on pushing online and what does online look like, it's really going to be perfecting that blurring of the digital and in-store. The interesting thing about Amazon bringing back its bookstores and everything that they're doing, it's like they're almost doing it backwards. They drove some of the bookstores out of business and then they're taking their brick and mortar locations. But they're kind of doing it in a way that shows how the in-store can be more connected. So by putting in books and things that may just be good for the people in that area or what would be good for people specifically in that location or what has been bought um, and is more popular. But at the same time, our report dug a lot further into what different generations are doing in terms of online and in-store. Millennials, obviously, everybody's focused on them for so long, and now the conversation is shifting a little bit more towards Gen Z and what are they doing. And we actually found that we think that with them really coming on and starting to become someone who has a little bit more buying power, they're going to drive some of this back in store. So they're not ready to give up on the in-store experience. They're shopping in-store a little bit more than their older counterparts. So I definitely think that there's going to be a push to figure out how to bring the two together rather than to alleviate them completely. Just to add to that, too, some of the specific statistics that show that the in-store shopping experience really isn't going away is that 54% of consumers still prefer to shop in-store. And that's even higher with the younger shoppers. Among 18 to 25-year-old consumers, 58% prefer to shop in a physical store. So I, I don't think, based on the stats, that the in-store shopping experience is ever going to go away, but the experience that retailers provide consumers is going to have to change. That's somehow comforting coming from someone uh, like myself who's a little <laughs> much on the older end of things and kind of gratified to seeing this coming full circle, even though when it comes full circle, it doesn't come back in the form it, it was before. But one of the big tools out there in trying to reproduce the in-store experience is virtual reality and augmented reality. And mm -hmm. I'd like to hear from both of you as to what that means to the two of you in terms of how that really will impact the retail experience. And whether we're talking about VR or augmented reality, what are the applications there that you're thinking about? Aaron, what, what do you see in that area? One thing that people have been talking about for a really long time is, is it going to be something like a dressing room or something like that. And the interesting thing about that is that right now, Amazon has started to even shift with their tool. Like you mentioned, Outfit Compare, that's a tool that is not necessarily VR, but it's taking things like images and bringing them to you right on your device. 
but when you talk about VR specifically, I mean, it is something that consumers are interested in based on our research. So a third of consumers said that they would actually be more likely to shop with retailers that offer a VR experience. And a quarter of them mentioned that it would make them more likely to purchase online. So it's really interesting because this has been an area that we've looked at over the past several years and have asked consumers how they feel about it. And they continue to say that they're interested And yet there really hasn't been anyone who's broken away and demonstrated what it can look like or will look like. I do definitely think that the integration of things like mobile payments, IoT, and some of the other new technology will help push the in-store and online experience, kind of blur those lines a little bit more, which would give, I think, VR more of a chance to create the experience that everybody is expecting just because it alone wouldn't necessarily help change any of these things. But if you can pair that with some of that other technology and allow for in-home try-ons of items and pair that with mobile technology and faster delivery, I think that's going to change the way that a lot of consumers view the division between in-store and online. Just to add to that, one thing we also asked was if virtual reality is going to be a key driver to bring people in-store. A lot of retailers are playing with ways to use virtual reality reality to improve the in-store experience. I think the household goods for furniture shopping, things like that, that's an area where we're probably going to see those virtual experiences become more important in-store and online. But what we found was that there are other in-store experiences that are actually more likely to drive people into physical stores over virtual reality offerings. Simple things like beverage and food offerings and a more personalized experience and live product demonstrations are actually more likely to drive people in store at this point than a smart dressing room or a virtual reality experience. So that's interesting. And it says speaks to the consumer adoption and interest in virtual reality. But we anticipate with the direction that we've been seeing the data go over the last four years, it seems that we'll continue to see the trend towards virtual reality interest continue to grow. You know, as innovative and science fiction-y as virtual reality sounds like in the context of the retail environment, I'm wondering whether it might not turn out to be merely a transitional technology. In other words, taking the physical store environment and putting it online because we have not yet properly imagined what a true online experience should look like. And so it becomes just something that kind of gets us halfway to some kind of vision that we just can't see because it's just too far in the future and too weird. Is that possible? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the very interesting idea that that creates, I mean, there's so much talk of things like the endless aisle and everybody's trying to sell everything and figure out what it is that consumers want. And with all of the threat of fast and free shipping, you know, for the fourth year in a row, that was the number one reason that consumers said they would shop more online. It seems like that's one of the biggest barriers to the in-store shopping experience. So I think that what you're suggesting paired with an in-store that stocks only the most popular items could be more of the future of what an in-store looks like versus a fully stocked store. It could be used even more as perhaps a warehouse, or it could be used as a store that's only stocked of goods that are more likely to be sold immediately and then have the full aisle online to browse and to see some of those different offerings. 
there. Um, that's certainly a possibility in the future. It almost seems as though Amazon wants to pull us back into the store now with its getting into grocery and, of course, the recent announcement of uh, buying Whole Foods. This vision of being able to – and I still can't quite get my brain around what this is going to be like. But supposedly in the future, you could walk into an Amazon slash Whole Foods store, take the stuff off the shelf that you want, and just walk out. There doesn't even seem to be uh, in that future a, a, a checkout experience. Somehow it knows through artificial intelligence and sensing you what you've taken and it and it charges you accordingly. That would be an impetus uh, and an incentive to come to the store, would it not, as opposed mm -hmm. to ordering things online? Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods is really, really interesting. And it really does speak to how the lines between online and in-store are blurring. I mean, this is a move by Amazon that says that location is key and retailers are going to be looking for fulfillment places and distribution centers and things like that. And so it does speak to, similar to the data that we have found, that the in-store experience is going to continue to be uh, really important. Less than a third of consumers actually say that they genuinely enjoy the in-store grocery process as it is right now. And I think especially with this acquisition of Whole Foods, Amazon really has the opportunity to shift what that in-store experience is, despite the fact that not as many consumers have been shopping online for grocery in the past, a fifth of consumers actually said that they prefer to shop online right now um, for grocery for some of the younger consumers we surveyed. And one in five said that they're more likely to make grocery purchase in the next year. So there are definitely a lot of people that are interested, it seems, to see where this leads and are open to making a shift in the way that they make grocery purchases if they can do it right. And some other data that we have that backs up the theory that this might be really where we're starting to see a shift in grocery is that because there are so many consumers that are already using Amazon, more than half, 55% of consumers are Amazon Prime members and things like Amazon Pantry and Amazon Fresh, which 14% and 10% of consumers are already using. Even Amazon Dash Buttons have started to familiarize consumers a little bit more with the idea that Amazon is more in the retail game, but they could perhaps shift a bit more into grocery and it seems like it's definitely an area of focus and with the trust that consumers already are giving Amazon in a number of other categories, it could definitely be the big thing to change this perception altogether. One of the first things that people said when the announcement came out about Amazon buying Whole Foods is, well, that's the end of the cashiers because Amazon is into automation completely and they're going to take out all of the clerks in the stores. And subsequently, Amazon denied that it intended to do that. However, the future certainly does seem to be that of fewer people, fewer clerks, fewer employees on the retail floor, just as we're seeing fewer people in the warehouse. So the question is, if I walk into one of these stores in just a few years, will I see any people other than other than shoppers at all? The biggest thing with technology as a whole in retail, the supply chain, grocery, I mean, you name it. I don't know that it's so much as eliminating people as really helping people to be more efficient in the jobs that they're doing. So I think that, like we mentioned, I mean, Amazon obviously is the go-to for fast and free shipping, which is huge and continues and will continue to be huge. Stocking the right supplies is a huge driver of efficiency for grocery stores. Management of those goods behind the scenes is a huge driver of revenue and that efficiency is so important. I'm not sure the answer to be completely honest and I think time will tell, but it is certainly possible that it, it may help 
improve a lot of the inefficiencies with the shift to the mix of online and in-store with grocery. With retail, for example, I mean, if things sit a little bit longer, it's certainly expensive to have them in the warehouse. But with food, I mean, you don't want to have food, it will go bad. So I think that will help maybe with some of the inefficiencies that could be created from in-store versus online grocery in particular. If we could get back to apparel for a moment, because I think one of the things that I've always felt that blocked the complete transition of the virtual store is that of of sizing. Now, consumers have dealt with that in the past by simply ordering several different sizes and trying it on when they got there and returning the ones that didn't fit, which, of course, is a nightmare for uh, online retailers. It still seems like that requires a personal experience. Is automation going to solve that? I mean, Outfit Compare simply has you take two different pictures and it tells you which one looks better. That doesn't really seem to address the issue of proper sizing. Is that something that technology can approach in a, in a rational and usable way? Or are we forever going to have to actually try things on physically? It's really timely that you asked that question. I mean, just today, Amazon actually launched something that seems to be maybe appealing to that specific question, prime wardrobe. So it sounds like it's going to be similar to the idea of what Rent the One Way or Zappos have started to experiment with, which is you don't know your size, we'll send you a couple and then you send it back. So that seems to be the way that a lot of online retailers right now are starting to try to adjust for that very issue. But I agree. I mean, it continues to be, even with having two different sizes, you really want something that's going to fit you very well. And interestingly, there was some news, too, that Amazon really is trying to get into not just outfit compares great because it helped tell you a little bit more about the trends and even wardrobe can ship you different sizes of clothing, but it sounds like they're trying to get even more into on-demand clothing manufacturing, which would use real data to fit you perfectly for clothing, which would be, I think, a complete shift in that. And it would make other online retailers have a very difficult time competing. Rachel, have you got any intelligence from the study or do you get any sense of what consumers want in that area? Are they looking for a virtual sizing experience or are they going to be, are they going to stick with the old way of doing things? Honestly, I think it's a matter of data. As retailers are able to continue to gather more personalized data on their customers and perhaps leverage artificial intelligence to apply that to recommendations for the future based on what you liked and what fit you, um, I think those are going to continue to get more and more personalized. And the study shows that that's what consumers want. While it's still unknown how much better sizing recommendations and things like that are going to get, I do think that the technology is growing to improve that online shopping experience for customers moving forward. I wonder also if it's hard to put a finger on some of the softer, more psychological aspects of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, after all, social animals. We do like going out and being with each other, (laughs) despite Mm -hmm. all of the talk of what technology or type of technology is coming down the line. And yet, theoretically, Theoretically, we could be sitting in our living rooms in the future and asking Alexa or or a a similar type of connected device to order everything for us, to bring it in by drones. We never have to leave the house. We don't ever have to set foot in another store. I'm assuming that both of you would say that that's not what the future looks like. I was just going to talk a little bit about outcomes fit compare here because it sort of plays to that exact human nature that you're talking about, Bob. They make recommendations 
based on the fit, what colors look best on you, how the outfits are styled and what trends are on right now, and really play to all of those things that are important to us as people and make a recommendation based on that. So it's these little tools that Amazon is creating that really help humanize the technology. But I agree. I mean, I think that over time, technology is going to become more and more important, as we know. But I do think that the human nature of social interaction is, which is probably why the in-store experience isn't going to ever end, um, or one of the reasons, at least, is like, we're social human animals, you know, we want to get recommendations from other people, we want to talk about what's on trend, we want to touch and feel things before we buy it. And so it's these little automated technologies like Outfit Compare that are playing to that. But I still think that the in-store experience is going to continue uh, to be an important part of the shopping experience. Erin, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I would even add to that, that I think that the social aspect is perhaps even why voice commerce has been just really recently introduced to the scene and has completely, it seems, taken off within just the past several months, we we asked a few questions surrounding voice commerce and several consumers have already made purchases using voice commerce when it comes to that. One in five consumers have made a purchase through Amazon Echo or another digital home assistant and another third plan to do so this year. So, I mean, that's huge when you think about bringing the in-store to your home. Again, I don't think that it will necessarily eliminate the in-store, but I mean, you have now, you don't even have to go online to actually make a purchase. You can talk to a digital assistant in your home. And I think that speaks volumes too, to what loyalty can become, especially for people like Amazon that are able to get it right. And now you see, obviously, Apple launched HomePod and you have the Google Home as well that are all vying for becoming your personal assistant so they can help recommend products that may be easier for you to use. So I think just like Rachel mentioned, I mean, it's just going to be the shift to a more convenient experience. And that ties all the way back to where we started this conversation with the connected consumer and the connected commerce experience is that it's really going to be always on whether or not you get it from your computer, from your mobile device, from your Amazon Echo device, or you go in store. It's really about bringing that all together and making sure that whenever the consumer wants it, they can get it because it seems like that's the future, regardless of who's able to, to keep up with that mentality. Well, it's always great to be able to peer into the Walker Sands crystal ball because you come up with some amazing insights and some ideas of what the future may hold. So we have, in fact, been talking about the latest version of the Walker Sands Future of Retail Report with Aaron Jordan and Rachel Golden. Aaron, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Rachel, also, thank you very much for your insights and time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. I always love talking with you, Bob. That was my conversation with Aaron Jordan and Rachel Golden talking about Walker Sands' latest Future of Retail report. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.